I'm Damian Bulwa, Metro Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, the fight over a group of women who moved into a vacant home in West Oakland and have refused to leave. Otis Taylor is here. He's a columnist for the East Bay. So is Sarah Ravani, who covers Oakland and other communities in the East Bay for us. We're going to talk about how that episode has landed in court and how it's also raised larger questions about the housing crisis in the Bay Area. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Hi, how's it going? Yo, thanks for having us. All right, Sarah, why don't you get us started? What happened on Tuesday morning out at this home? So Tuesday morning um, at about 5.15 a.m., sheriff's deputies showed up at the home. Um, They were, you know, dressed up in, I mean, what appeared to be like riot gear and um, knocked on the door. Uh, Apparently, they sent in a robot first into the home to see if the home was safe to enter. And then they broke down the door, right? Broke down the door. Sent in a robot. Sent in a robot and then went in and... Um, arrested, I believe, three of the mothers mm-hmm. and then um, arrested a community member who was there um, in support of the moms and boarded up the house and um, essentially evicted them. Yeah, very reminiscent of uh, the days of Occupy, big police response to to someone occupying a property. Mm-hmm. But this was something different, Damien. I feel that the police in this instance were acting actively trying to come to a stalemate here where where there wasn't this big action where there wasn't them you know using uh like knocking down barricades in a house i think the police really were trying to do back channel back channeling to the mothers to get them out peacefully okay well we're gonna get to all that (laughs) i want to just rewind it back uh, for people how did we get in this situation? Let's go back to the beginning. Um, what is the history of this property and how it becomes part of this? Yes, Wedgwood uh, Properties, they say this on their website. Their CEO has said this in different um, like online forums and videos and all of that, that they the company buys about 250 foreclosed and nearly foreclosed homes a month and flips them. Okay, all over the place, not just Oakland. All over the place. And they do. And I think it was NBC that did an investigation um, and found that they had like over 130 properties um, throughout the Bay Area, not just in Oakland, but in all the counties. OK. And, and hopefully take some profit in their in their business strategy, uh, renovate them, ter- get somebody, a, a family that wants a, a property at it. Still, a, would say reasonable, but probably a reasonable price in the Bay Area, but but a distressed property often is not even livable. So they're they're kind of turning it into something that people can buy, but still probably sometimes close to a million dollars. Yeah, they definitely make a profit. I mean, that's what their whole company is based on. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Otis, who are these women now? So as I got to know uh, Dominique Walker, she's been the head, you know, in front of the media and answering a lot of questions, Dominique moved back to the Bay Area to flee domestic violence in Mississippi, where she had gone to college. In college, she began her career as an activist, an organizer for communities that are oppressed. Dominique moved back to Oakland, and she found the city changed. Her family 
was their base was on Oral Street in East Oakland. Many of those family members that grew up around her grandmother's house, which was the anchor, have spread throughout the Bay Area. Some of them are even homeless. Dominique, when she went to try to find housing, she told me she found this cottage in San Leandro that was $2,000 a month. Mm -hmm. But to move in, the landlord wanted four times the monthly rent. Who has that? Exactly. But it's extraordinary because usually when you go to rent a place, the landlord might ask for first months and a security deposit or two months and a security deposit. But from a black woman, a single mother of two children, they wanted four times the rent, something that I believe that landlord knew that she wouldn't be able to pay. This action is a result of the frustration from the housing search. There are so many people who identify with Dominique's search because even if I have the money, you're not letting me, you're not giving me any leeway to move into the place. And so Dominique says while she was organizing in West Oakland, a neighborhood that's long been depressed and devoid of investments and opportunities, she's found this house just sitting there boarded up. I can move in there. That was her thought, that this could be a home because no one else is here right now. And this is an opportunity to reclaim some of the properties that are being taken away from historically black and brown neighborhoods. Okay, so at that point, Wedgwood had bought it, but it was vacant, correct? Yes, it was vacant. And she moves in with how many other uh, women? Uh, She moved in with another one specifically on November 18th. They had scouted the place. And uh, according to Dominique, she said the door was unlocked. I don't know about the veracity of that claim because Wedgwood says it was locked. But uh, the mother say it was unlocked. They move in and then others joined because I think immediately they knew that this is something that people are going to pay attention to. This is our opportunity to make a statement about homelessness in Oakland. Okay, got it. Now, to be clear, Sarah... They did not have a, a legal right to enter the home. Was there a legal argument that they came to make? Their argument was that housing is a human right. And so they wanted tenant protections and they wanted the judge to rule that they have a right to occupy the property. Um, but because they never had a lease agreement, um, a judge couldn't really justify ruling that. And um, so ultimately, the judge ruled against their right to be in the property. And yeah, they don't they don't have any special right to it more than than anyone else. Yeah. No, Um, but there's a political aspect to it. But they used an approach. You brought up Occupy Oakland. It was an interesting uh, legal argument, um, the right to possession, which is a tactic used by people who weren't uh, residents or mentioned on a previous eviction notice. You see, Wedgwood had to evict the previous occupants. And these women say, hey, we weren't on that eviction notice. Therefore, we have a right to possession of this place. Okay. Using the right to housing (laughs) argument. And and Sarah, it did go to court. Yes. But also just that right to housing argument, Mm -hmm. um, because homelessness has become such a huge issue Mm -hmm. in the Bay Area. You know, to me, it seemed like the attorneys that were representing the moms were like, look, this is this is a fight we need to have. I mean, Oakland has a 47% homelessness rate. It's increased by 47% in the last two years. People deserve a right to a house. And so that really was the argument that they were making in court. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, I have to say I went to court um, in December, I think was the last time um, when the judge heard their arguments. They had, The judge had made a tentative ruling saying that Dominique did not have um, a right to be in the property, but was willing to listen to arguments on both sides again. And the courtroom was completely filled with supporters of the, of the moms. The judge ruled that they um, did not have a right to be in the property and that um, the sheriff needed to evict them within five days. Okay. And what did the women then say to that? The, the judge's ruling didn't come as a surprise to the women, uh, but they said that they were not going to leave. I'm talking to Sarah Ravani and Otis Taylor about the Moms for Housing. Let's take a quick break and be right back. While all this is going on, Wedgwood has hired uh, also their representation, a, a very famous uh, public relations firm, Sam Singer, mm-hmm. um, to kind of fight back and, and try to say, hey, no, we're the victims in this. You know, we own the home. These people are squatters. Um, we want to renovate this. We want to sell it. Um, this is our investment. Um, there was a big um, fight on the other side, too. Ultimately, what did Wedgwood say, given that this was creating uh, such public interest? So uh, Sam Singer was the hired you know, PR consultant for Wedgwood and um, basically acted as the spokesman for the company. And he came out pretty strongly against the mother's action, um, saying that they're stealing someone's property, they're illegally occupying it. And, um, you know, the mothers had said that they wanted to negotiate with Wedgwood to buy the property um, through the Oakland Community Land Trust, a nonprofit in in Oakland that acquires, um, you know, land for affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Sam said that um, they are, Wedgwood is not interested in negotiating with the moms as long as they are illegally occupying the house. They said that they wanted to, um, you know, renovate the house, sell it, and share the profits that they make from that sale with Shelter 37, um, a nonprofit organization to help at-risk youth. But that also came under a lot of scrutiny and criticism um, from Oaklanders because the CEO of Wedgwood serves as a board member, a founding board member on that nonprofit. And, um, you know, it was Councilwoman Nikki Fortunato-Bass that said, you know, Shelter 37 is not an organization that is known to Oakland. It's a Southern California organization. They don't have a history here. And, you know, if you're really serious about doing something that's going to help our community, then partner with an organization here or sell to the Oakland Community Land Trust, do something, you know, that um, isn't so foreign to the city, like Mm -hmm. Shelter 37. It seemed disingenuous, too. It seemed that this is a Band-Aid. Shelter 37's CEO is a former NFL running back. He's black. And we're talking about a fight for a foothold in historically black and brown neighborhoods in Oakland, you're just not going to say anything to appease people when they are amped up and they feel that their mission is right. And then when Wedgwood said, after the judge uh, ruled for the eviction, when Wedgwood said, we'll pay for two months for you to stay in a shelter, that was disingenuous too. These, These women want housing. They don't want something temporary. They've had enough of the temporary. And and that was that was disingenuous to me because, okay, now that 
that you've got the eviction that you've been calling for. Why not now negotiate? You have that nonprofit saying, we are willing to purchase this house from you. And these mothers, they didn't just go into the house and tear it up. They tarped the roof. They pressure washed the house. They put in a new water heater. They were paying PG&E bills. They were trying to make it a home. And they wanted to make that the headquarters of their organization. That, to me, would have been the coder for this from Wedgwood to save face. But now they're still that that speculator, that investment company coming here to take up our homes and our spaces. And really, I don't think we've seen the last of this. This action is the first of many that's going to happen in Oakland. And I don't think Wedgwood or other uh, large property owners on, on that Wedgwood scale realize that. But Otis, how do you square that with what other people say, that they simply had no right to be there in the first place, that, that Wedgwood has no real duty to to deal with them? They, you know, this is their business and they spent money on the property. Sure. And I understand that argument and I appreciate that argument. But those who are making arguments of the sort aren't appreciating the desperation that people feel when their only option is either to sleep in their car, a tent on a sidewalk, or in a field. Put yourself in the shoes of a person that is housing insecure or is homeless. They're looking for a roof over their head. They're not looking for an argument. They're not looking for a reason why they shouldn't have housing. And, you know, as I thought more and more about what the moms were doing and talked to more legislators who are supportive of the moms, including Autumn Burke, a state representative who is pushing AB 22, a right to housing bill. They understand that women and children, families need that housing security. And Sarah mentioned earlier about Oakland's um, the population jumping, homeless population jumping 47% in two years. Um, I went back and I talked to um, every home, what is it, every one home that does the count. They think they're under uh, underreporting, undercounting homeless people, um, homeless families. And that, to me, is the issue right here. Like, if anyone deserves housing, don't you think it's families? I mean, how, how do you... Th- how do you expect those children to grow up in a world when they only know this desperation, this, this, the hunger, the cold, the angst of, you know, am I going to live in this place another week or another day? When am I going to get kicked out again? That, that trauma affects children. It affects people. And I think we need to start moving the discussion to and much quicker. How do we get people housed? Because right now it's moving so slow. And just to be clear, um, you know, the moms have come out and said this multiple times. Their action wasn't about, you know, taking somebody's property. Um, It wasn't about, you know, going into a private citizen's vacant home and just, you know, taking up residence. They were very specific about the property that they that they took over. They wanted to bring to light this this kind of issue in Oakland where corporations are owning properties, but these properties are sitting empty. Um, And that's why they picked a Wedgwood property. That's why they picked, you know, 
that West Oakland home. It wasn't to take somebody else's home. It was to, you know, bring to light this very real issue that's happening throughout the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's what it, it, it really comes down to, it seems like, is the larger issues at play. There's always a tension between, number one, between protest and the larger issue, right? I mean, at the heart of, of most protests is, is often an illegal action. And so you constantly have to weigh whether it's whether it's worth it. You know, mm -hmm. are you occupying? What are you occupying? What is the larger statement? And how important is it to you? Are you willing to be arrested for it? And in fact, um, these women were mm -hmm. um, arrested yesterday. Um, but also it's it it's raised these big issues that we just keep talking about, but they just keep getting worse. Right. Um, and Oakland is right at the center of that. Um, Sarah, I wanted to ask you, um, where is Oakland at in terms of its homeless crisis and and trying to sort of legislate some solutions? You had mentioned, I think, um, some some effort to deal with the vacant properties. Yeah, so Oakland has over 4,000 vacant parcels. These are parcels, so it doesn't necessarily mean there's a property on that parcel. And I think it was um, a couple of years ago in 2016, um, the voters passed a vacant parcel tax. Um, just last November, the city council basically passed the guidelines to have it implemented. And now it's on. So the city council, you know, you're saying like an incentive to not leave a, a property empty where you're paying taxes. on. Yeah. I mean, now there's a bunch of exemptions and there's a lot of, you know, a lot in the weeds to go through sure. there. But um, essentially, they the city council passed like, here is the plan for how to implement this. And now it's up to the city administration to do so, which it has not happened yet. But that's kind of, you know, something that's currently at play in Oakland. And in light of um, the Moms for Housing uh, action, um, Rebecca Kaplan, the council president, wants to come up with future legislation where um, these vacant properties can just be acquired or bought out by the Oakland Community Land Trust and used for housing homeless um, families. But I mean, that's just very early talk. So we'll see kind of what happens. And it's just talk. And it's just talk. Yeah. Otis, I want to leave you with the last word here. It's a fairly simple question, but what is it that gets people outraged about flipping homes? So it's, again, it's not just the house flipping. It's where the homes are being flipped, Damien. So if you go to East Oakland or West Oakland, historically black or brown neighborhood, and you flip the house there, for instance, take this home that Wedgwood purchased for $501,000. The median home price in the state of California, according to California Association of Realtors, is $605,000. The median home price in Oakland, according to Zillow, a real estate tracking website, is $752,000. Wedgwood is going to make a profit. Who do you think can purchase that home? Do you think anyone who grew up in West Oakland, who went to Castlemont High School, can purchase that? Do you think in a city where the minimum wage is just $14 and 14 cents as of January 1st of this year, do you think someone making minimum wage can afford that house? No, that is what it's about. It's where these houses are being flipped and who can afford to buy those houses or rent those houses. All right. Well, Otis and Sarah, fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for joining me. Right for. Thank you. Stop. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
thanks to my guests today, reporter Sarah Ravani and columnist Otis Taylor, to King Kaufman and Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.